Welcome to the Wellspring Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this Sunday's service. All right, y'all good? Y'all ready for the word today? Come on, all right. Y'all ready for the word? Y'all should be excited about the word. I'm excited about the word. Uh, I might be preaching to myself today. I'm preaching to you, but I'm also preaching to myself. And um, I just feel like today the Lord wants to impart faith to you. And, uh, and I just want to encourage you to open your hearts as you have already. Just continue to say, this isn't like, don't, worship is awesome, right? Well, don't you love our worship team? Um, but I believe we do need more than just worship songs. I believe the word the, the word of the Lord. Um, I mean, you know, the, the word of the Lord is alive and it's active. Right. And, and, and I believe what his word does is it cuts off everything that we're not supposed to be. And it strengthens everything that we really are. Amen. So um, today, I, last week, um, I began to share uh, about city transformation. Everything about the gospel is transformative is uh, the moment that you say yes to Jesus, the Bible actually says that you become a new creation. You are actually transformed, right? And what happens is that as you know Jesus, He is literally transforming you into His very image, is that He is His nature and his, who He is, is that you are actually found in Christ. Amen? That's a good word. Just what we were talking about earlier. And, um, and so I... Last week shared the ingredients for transformation, because I believe that that transformation is for individuals, but I believe that transformation is individuals are transformed, that it transforms regions and nations. And I believe that the Lord is, is inviting us into a place where we begin to believe him, that we would begin to see um, Transform, transformational work in our cities, in this region, and I believe that He does that through you and me. And it may look different for each one of us, okay? It may look different, is what the Lord has called you to, it may look different. So last week I talked about a few ingredients. It was this, it was that, that it's sons and daughters when we have our right identity. It is life in the Spirit where we are fully submitted to the Spirit of God saying, lead us. This, the Bible says that the Spirit of God leads us into all truth. And it's a continual walk. It's not like, well, I said yes, and now I'm good. I'll figure it out. It is continual dependence on God and His Spirit within us. And then the third thing um, was this. It was, uh, it was the courage. Uh, it, it was courage to walk in the calling. Meaning this is that I believe that the Lord wants to show you what He's called you to. And He wants to instill the courage in you to say yes and do it. Amen. All right. So and then I talked to you that we were going to continue in this. Um, but what I want to do today is I want to make sure for us like next week, I want to talk about co-creating with God. It's going to be awesome. But this week, I want us to make sure that we are positioned well for all that God has for us. And how many of you know that the kingdom of God is an upside down kingdom? Everything that when Jesus came, everything that religious th religion thought, Jesus came and he did opposite. 
He said, I'm going to do it. You know, he said, the first shall be last, the last shall be first. And you're like, what does that even mean, Jesus? And, um, and he said, but it's upside down. He said, the greatest in the kingdom is the person who's the greatest servant. Right? And so, how many of you know that we, sh- we shouldn't be surprised whenever the kingdom confronts our thinking? We shouldn't be surprised whenever we were thinking one thing, but Jesus says, hey, actually, it looks like this. And that's what the kingdom will do. That's what his kingdom will do. His kingdom is everything that is under his reign and rule. It is his way of doing things. Okay? It's a spiritual kingdom. All right? And so today I want to talk to you about living from a place of rest. Now, I believe that many of you in this room, including myself, that we need to hear this. And I'm not... I want to talk to you about the Lord's rest, what that looks like, okay? And so, I want to start, our our main passage today is going to be out of Hebrews chapter 4, but I want to start to give us some context in Numbers chapter 13, verse 2. And so, if you have your Bibles, if you have notes, I encourage you to, to follow along with me, to write down something. Um, not just something, but write down what the Lord's speaking to your heart. And y'all ready? Yes. All right. Here we go. Numbers 13 verse 2 says, this was, let me give you some context for this. Um, Israel has been delivered from Egypt. Moses has led them. He's leading them to the promised land that God has promised his people, Israel. And they were on that journey They've gone through some stuff, and they're coming upon the land of Canaan, which is what we know as Israel today. And this is what Moses said. He says, send some—well, God actually was commanding Moses as he said, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. So a leader from each of the 12 tribes of Israel is going, and they are going to spy out the land of Canaan for 40 days. All right? Then in verse 27, it goes that after they had gone the 40 days and explored and seen everything and, and saw what was in the land, this is what happens. It says, they gave Moses this account. He said, they said, we went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. They were saying, God was right. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. Can you believe it? God was right. That's what they were saying. They're like, man. And they said, here is the fruit. So they're like, at first things are going good. They're like, it is exactly what God said it was. And then they throw in a big but. It says, but the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there, which were giants, and the Amalekites live in Najiv. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb, who is one of those leaders, one of the twelve, he silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. It says, But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack these people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw are of great size. So, 
The Lord had a promise, his promised land. He told them what it was going to be like. He said, it's a great land and you can surely take it. I'm giving it to you. And but when they begin to see the obstacles and they begin to see the giants and they begin to see all the things that they would have to um, face, their response was unbelief. Um, we can look in Hebrews chapter three, verse 16 through 19, and it is speaking to this. Um, he, the, the writer of Hebrews says, who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not all those who sinned, whose bodies perished in the wilderness? If you know the story, they did not do what the Lord said. So the Lord said, guess what? For each day that you are spying out the land, you're going to spend a year in the wilderness until this generation of unbelieving people die off and a new generation will take the land. And uh, he said, except for Joshua and Caleb, the two spies who are of a different spirit, who did believe the Lord, they were the ones who actually got to lead people into the promised land. But it goes on to say in Hebrews chapter 3, um, And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed? So he's beginning to correlate the word rest to the promised land. It was what God had already promised. And God said, this is what I've given you. This is what is yours. This is the inheritance. That was the rest. All right. And so we, and then it goes on to say, so we see that they were not able to enter because of what? Their unbelief. All right. So how do you not enter into the rest that God has already prepared for you and given you? Unbelief. Right. All right. I want it. This is. I'm telling you, there's going to be a, there's a lot of good news today. All right. We're just laying a foundation. All right. I, I, I want you to uh, right now, just allow your heart to say, Lord, whatever you want to say, uh, tune your ears to what the Lord's saying today. Not just what, what I'm saying, but I believe the spirit of the Lord wants to impart something to you today. So let's tune in. So coming out of chapter three, Hebrews four says this. Therefore, okay, so he's saying, therefore, talking about what we just read in Hebrews 3. I used to have a pastor who would say, if there's a therefore, you should see what it's there for. So whenever I started reading this, I was like, I better go read chapter 3. And so what is chapter 3 saying is that the people, they did not believe the Lord, and so they didn't enter rest. So this, the writer of Hebrews is saying in chapter 4, therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still remains and is freely offered today, let us fear. What? Let us fear. You know, one of the greatest commandments in the Bible is do not be afraid. Do not fear. But he's saying if there's going to be something that you're going to be afraid of, be afraid of this. In case any one of you may seem to come short of reaching it or think he has come too late. Talking about God's rest, he's saying... Your life is actually, as a believer, is actually meant to be in the Lord's rest. So what he's saying is this is really important. This is really important. And it goes on to say, for indeed we have had the good news of salvation preached to us. How many of you have, had the good, have heard the good news? This morning we've been hearing of the good news about Jesus, right? That we are found in him, that it's his righteousness, not our righteousness, that we're not saved by our own works, but it was because of the finished work of Jesus, right? So we've, we've heard this good news. And it says, 
just as the Israelites also, when the good news of the promised land came to them. So he's saying the Israelites had good news too of a promised land, just like we are hearing the good news of Jesus. But it says, but the message they heard did not benefit them because it was not united with faith in God by those who heard. For we who believe, that is, we who personally trust and confidently rely on God, enter that rest. So how do you enter the rest? How do we enter the rest? We personally trust and confidently rely on God. All right? Let's keep going. Then it says, we, we enter that rest so that we have his inner peace now because we are confident in our salvation and assured of his power. So the rest is this. The rest is all the promises of God. We enter that rest by relying and trusting on him. And the fruit of rest is inner peace. The peace that he gives. And so today, in just a moment, I want to speak to anxiety. I want to speak to fear. I want to speak to our busyness. I want to speak to all those things. But um, again, we're laying a foundation. I'll get there. Because I believe that today God wants to, to deliver some of you from anxiety and fear. I believe some of you who have had unbelief is saying, am I this? Does God really love me? This, uh, where you're questioning everything and it's caused you to be in this place of being paralyzed. I believe the Lord wants to deliver you today. Amen. Awesome. Let me finish this scripture. I feel like it's taken me so long to get through this, but just bear with me. And this, it goes on to say, just as he has said, as I swore an oath in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. This he said, although his works were completed from the foundation of the world, waiting for all who would believe. So the writer of Hebrews is giving two analogies of the rest. He is giving one of the people coming out of Israel, right? He's saying they could not enter the rest. They could not enter the promise because of their unbelief. And then he gives this second picture where he says, the he talks about the completed works from the foundation of the earth. He was speaking to creation. What do we see about rest in creation? Is that God, he created everything in six days and he rested on the seventh. So Adam and Eve were created on the sixth day. And then they wake up on the seventh day to a God who's resting. Right? Joseph Prince says this, he's a pastor, he says, when we are working, God is resting, and when we are resting, God is working. So God demonstrated to us, even from creation, the finished work. It was a picture of the finished work of Jesus. That at the cross, in, in his death, in his burial, his resurrection, it was finished. Everything that needed to be done so that you could not only be saved, but so that you could walk in the fullness of who he created you to be, it has been done. You, we are not waiting for something to be done. We, the Lord is waiting for us to realize what he's already done. He's wanting to give us revelation. This is what I've done. That's why his inheritance, we are, that's why we're co-heirs with Christ, is his joy is my joy. His peace is my peace. Because he's good, I, I'm good. Because he's holy, I'm holy. I'm not working. It, it's nothing on my own. The kingdom starts with me learning to receive and find myself completely in Christ. And as I have taken on the right identity, everything that I'm supposed to be and do is going to come out of that. I won't be able to run from it. Y'all getting this today? 
Come on. So your salvation, identity, and your inheritance, that's the gospel. It's the fullness of that. Your salvation. How many of you have experienced salvation, right? How many of you are learning your identity in Christ? How many of you are learning the inheritance that you have? That, that is where we are. That is what we are move, continually moving into is I am convinced of my salvation. I am convinced of my identity in him. And I am convinced of my inheritance. If you feel like, well, I haven't really been engaged with any of those things. The Lord is saying, I'm calling you into that walk. Holy Spirit is saying, I want to come and walk with you. And I want to teach you. I want to make you secure. And I want to make you convinced of what the Lord has done and what that has meant for you. And so right believing leads to right living. Right believing. Believing the right thing. Every day you're going to be, you are going to be faced with thoughts and suggestions that are not truth. So learning to hear what the Word of God is saying, just because you have a thought and you're tempted to think a thought, it does not mean that's who you are. You are not the temptations that you disagree with. You are not the temptations that you decide to say no to. You are the noble things you choose. So, just because you had a thought, and you have a thought that says, well, I'm just not good enough. I'm just, I'm just evil. I'm just whatever it is. You don't have to say yes. There is a better word and there's greater truth. It's learning. That's why the word of God is so important. It, every day as God's people, we should be devouring the word. Desire leads to desire. Maybe you're saying, I just struggle reading the word of God. Just start somewhere. Start with a verse and desire will lead to desire. I'll tell you this about the word of God is you begin to get in and you'll become hungry for the word of God. You'll begin to say, man, I this I need this man shall not live on bread alone, but on the words that proceed from the mouth of God. Is that we need his word. If you struggle with the word, find somebody who's, who knows the word and say, teach me how to read this. Teach me. Teach me. Let me make a choice to be discipled. Be discipled so that you can step into the calling of discipling people. Yeah. And so it's so important. What, what you are feeding on is going to have, it is going to dictate your response to when you're faced with things. Um. Let me keep going. Living in the rest is a place of continually allowing the word of God and the presence of Jesus to shape our thinking and perspective. Let me say that again. Living in the rest, God's promises, living in that place where you are aware of what he said and you're saying yes to what he's saying. It is continually allowing his word and the presence of Jesus to shape your thinking and your perspective, the way you see life. So the way you see life and what you believe, it will it will be from that place that your response is determined. Okay. So, um, so this is what happens is something happens. Okay. Um, I, I use this, this example often is 
uh, just as a parent with young kids. My kids do something crazy, right? They start yelling at each other. They start fighting. And my response, if I'm not at rest in my soul, if there's not peace, guess what? I'm going to join in the fight, baby. I'm jumping in. I'm, but when I'm at rest and I'm at peace, I can actually bring that to the atmosphere. Yeah. And so the Lord's called us to that place. You, we are salt and we are light. The moment we allow unbelief and we allow agreement with the wrong things, the saltiness, we, we lose our flavor. We lose our flavor. We, we step into an atmosphere and we have nothing life-giving to bring because we are in agreement with the darkness. And I'm not beating you up if you live there. I'm just calling you higher. I'm calling us higher. I'm there, okay? I'm in the boat with you today. I'm saying, Lord, come on, teach us how to walk in the rest. Teach us how to lean into the promise. Teach us how to believe the right thing. You know, Jesus, um, I, 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 it's one of my favorite stories because... Anyways, I use it all the time, but the disciples are on the boat, right? And the waves are crashing. It says Jesus is sleeping. You're like, Jesus, wake up. And so they're freaking out. They said, we are going to die. Even though the Son of God is in the boat with them, we're going to die. And they wake Jesus up and said, look, this is it. I know we've been doing ministry. It's been great. And I didn't think this is how we were going to go down, but this is it. And Jesus says, you who are unaware... Some translation says, um, you who don't believe. But what it really best translates is, you who are unaware. What were they unaware of? They were unaware of the rest. Jesus rested because he was at rest on the inside. So why was he able to speak peace to the storm? Is because peace was within him. See, you can only speak what's within you. Let me say it like this. You can, the words you speak that have the authority to change the atmosphere are only the words that are actually in here. They're only the things that are, you're actually convinced of and walking in. You can't release anything that you don't have. That's why many of us, we're trying to pray prayers and we're like, oh, I'm going to just, uh, I'm saying things. And you just feel like everything's falling flat is because it's not in here. Is because you've been feeding on things that Christ has not called you to feed on. And so, again, I'm not beating you up today. I'm saying like, I'm, I'm, I'm saying like man, I want to feed on the right stuff. Right. I want to I walk in the rest. Every promise. Yes. Nobody here, I guarantee, likes to be robbed. No. I, I hate it. I've been robbed before. It stinks. It's the worst. Don't let the enemy rob you of your inheritance. Don't let the enemy rob you. Some of you, you have unknowingly but willingly allowed yourself to be robbed of all the goodness God has for you. As, as a believer, we, I, I, believe, um, I believe one day when we get to heaven, we'll get there and we'll realize, man, the inheritance I had. Many of us will walk in and say, the inheritance I had that I never walked in. That I never lived from. I never lived out. And, uh, and I don't want that to be us. I want, us to, I want to know I at least gave it my best. That I at least said, you know what? I, I mean, I am leaning into truth as much as I can. I am throwing off everything else that would keep me from having what's, what the Lord intended for me. 
And, um, and so Jesus, you know, he spoke to the th- storm. So what happens in our lives? Something happens. A storm hits. It could be a little thing. It could be a little storm. It could be a big storm. And then you have a decision how you're going to respond, right? And again, what is in your soul will determine what you say and do. The state of your soul. All right? So I want to give you some indicators really quick that rest has been violated in your life. These are going to be really fun. These will, I, I, I feel like I start, I got with the Lord, I started writing these down. I feel like, Lord, you're picking on me. And um, so, I'm, again, I'm saying I'm with you. I'm not picking on anybody, but I believe the Lord is saying, hey, I want you to be aware. I want you to be aware of the things that maybe you've normalized in your life and you've said, well, this is just how it is and this is just who I am. The Lord's saying that actually isn't me and it's not what I have for you. And he isn't a father that is wanting you to be unaware. He doesn't want you to agree with something that he hasn't said. Right. So, number one. First indicator that rest, the Lord's rest in your life has been violated. One, small things become big issues. People aren't driving fast enough. You're like, oh, I got to, you know, <laughs> somebody cuts you off. Little thing. You're like, <laughs> yeah. look, I'm speaking to myself again. You know, I, I, I know for me, my kids are a good indicator. Like if when, whenever I respond in anger and yell, like I know, oh, I'm not at rest. I'm not at rest. Um, number two, your first response is fear instead of prayer. Instead of saying, you know what, I need to see what the Lord says. You begin finding other voices. And saying, oh, my gosh, oh, well, yeah, yeah, uh, uh. and you you choose fear and you choose um, instead of asking the Lord what he's saying, we respond in fear. Fear is the absence of truth. Okay. Number three, you can't let yourself enjoy. Um, I was telling our prayer team this. I remember our first house that we lived in. It was this really sweet little place, and it was an older home. And so, you know, old houses, there's always something to do. There's always something to fix. Um, you fix what you think is everything, and then there's something else. And, and uh, so that, so as beautiful and cute as this home was, there was always something to do. And I remember after a couple of years of living there, I'm sitting on our back porch with a pergola and our cute little backyard and and it's really should have been relaxing for me and I sit down and I remember thinking man I need to do this and I need to do this and I still got this to do and I remember the Lord stopped me and he said John look what I've given you can you stop and just enjoy it can you stop and enjoy and uh, he had to he was bringing rest to my soul so I could just enjoy and because the moment I'm looking at the to-do list I'm not saying there aren't, there aren't things to do, but I'm saying if it's coming from a place of anxiety and fear, then it is robbing you of rest. Okay? And, um, and I believe the Lord wants to teach us to enjoy. Number four, you are always tired. 
um, you know, you, people can, they can, might, you, you can sleep for 10 hours a night and you still like, I'm just tired. Is there might be something in your life that's caused, that's draining you, pulling you, anxiety, fear, is you need the rest. And I'm saying that could look like a nap. It could look like physical rest. But there is something about when your soul is at rest and you're like, I know God has good for me. All of his promises are yes and amen. I believe him. My salvation is secure. And it's not dependent on how good I was yesterday or how good I've been today. Is I just write. And you know, you know, whenever you're dealing with shame and you're dealing and you've messed up, you need to remind yourself of the love of God. You just need to be repositioned. Sin loves to displace you from God's grace and mercy. If you'll let it. Okay? You do not have to live a life where sin is present. Okay? But if there are things you're dealing with, the Lord wants to deliver you through revelation of His goodness and His grace. He wants to give you identity so you can look at that thing and say, you know what, that thing I've dealt with and that I've called, I've identified with, I'm no longer identifying with that. That's not who I am. That's not what the Lord's called me to. Right identity delivers you from sin. And who you are is found in Christ. He's holy, so you be holy. Amen? All right. Oh, I like this one. This is going to step on some toes. Number five, you give yourself to many things, but don't ever sense that you accomplish anything. You give yourself to many things, but don't ever sense that you accomplish anything. I believe when you're at rest, there's this thing of where the Lord simplifies life. And you're like, instead of the many things, it becomes the one thing that I hit the mark. Right? The enemy would love nothing more than to have you so busy that you don't enjoy the Lord and do the, th the thing that he's called you to. I'm not saying that we don't have multiple things. I think, though, that the enemy loves to scatter our minds and think, well, this, 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 and this, instead of having clear minds that say, hey, I'm going to do this. So, number six, you are easily angered. Number seven, this is a big one. This is the last one. There's lots. There's many more. These are just what came to me. So number seven, this is a big one. You convince yourself the only way to relax and have a release is to give yourself to unhealthy escapes from anxiety, alcohol, medication, pornography, binge watching shows, gossip. When a soul that's not at rest, you're going to try and escape somehow. A soul that doesn't know the promises of God, you'll give yourself to all kinds of things to find some sort of substitute for the peace of God. So I'd say this, if you're in the room and you feel like you have to medicate and you feel like you've got to go to alcohol, or maybe you're a guy in the room and you said, I've given myself to pornography, is maybe those aren't the root things. Maybe the root is that you don't have rest in your soul. You haven't been convinced of who the Lord really is and what he says about you. And he wants to deliver you from anxiety and fear. And he wants to bring you into rest. He wants to confront the unbelief, not to beat you up, but he wants to confront it because he wants to de-weed your garden and say, I want faith to stand alone. Amen. It's a good word is that you were meant 
to encounter the fullness of Christ. You were meant to walk. It's not... Look, you're our, what we contend for in life, the thing that we are fighting, it's the, it's the fight of faith, right? It is the, the thing that we are fighting for is to believe the right thing. It is not, you are not fighting to do the right thing. You need to fight to believe the right thing. Right? So I, I want to highlight and speak to a few like different people. It's like, parents, I know... Life can be crazy with kids. I know that, you know, I, I think in our house, I, I remember there would be these times even recently where Austin would say, if I hear mom, the word mom, one more time, and I begin to pay attention, and with four kids, all of them, mom, 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 I was like, I'm, this is exhausting and I'm not even mom, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, I, I wish one of you would say dad. And, uh... I'm joking. We, we love our kids. But I'm just saying I get it, parents, is that you can feel the pressure. Maybe even from life, you have the Instagram mom and dads who are, like, amazing and perfect. They got it all together, and they do the best vacations, and their kids are all straight-A students, and life is just bliss. And you're like, God, I am terrible. <laughs> Honestly, though, right? And we step into comparison and we step into I'm not enough and moms, God bless you. And I believe that in the middle of all that stuff, the Lord wants to give you rest for your soul. He wants you to be able to walk be in a place and you don't feel powerless and you don't feel like you're not enough. Rest settles your soul and it lets you come to a place where you're like, okay, no matter what, even if... Everything seems like it's falling apart. I'm good, and I'm going to speak peace to the atmosphere because that's what's residing within me. And, and you know, dads too. Love you guys. <laughs> I just felt like moms needed, needed to hear that. But dads, you too. Rest in your soul. The, maybe sometimes the pressure of feeling like, oh, I, I, the... I've got to just work, work, work. I've got to provide. I've got to provide. I've got to do this. I've got to, we, dads, we can get busy too. We get busy. We get this. And, and I'll tell you, this is the thing that we have to avoid is we have to avoid being so busy that we don't invest in our kids. And we have to avoid, we, we have to be at rest so that we're not giving ourselves to things that unknowingly we are giving to our kids. Whatever you hold in your hand, whatever you are holding in your life, that is what you are giving to your kids as inheritance. I believe that the Lord wants us passing on purity and confidence. He wants us passing on integrity, nobility. And so that doesn't come from you just saying, well, I'm just going to do it. It comes from you believing the Lord, believing what he says about you. It comes from you allowing him to settle you and give you confidence in what he says about you. He wants to give you identity so you can give your children identity. Married, married people in the room, you need a date night. You need, to, you need to enjoy your spouse. You need to be at rest, okay? There needs to be rest in your marriage where you... Enjoy, you know, we, me and Austin just celebrated um, 13 years 
of marriage and uh, we just went on a week long vacation and honestly it took me like three or four days to kind of settle into okay I'm I, I can rest and 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 I, it was almost like a few days it took a few days to get in to push past all the things that I carry on that I, I carry that I shouldn't carry and I'm like oh Lord this is what rest is like this is what peace is like and the Lord's like yeah it's there you're just having to dig through some stuff you're having to kind of dig through it. And, and, and for me, it was this moment of like, I, I, I needed to realign. I needed to reposition into truth, right? And, um, and sometimes for you, it isn't like you're this long way off. You just need to reposition yourself in the Lord and say, this is truth. I, I'm kind of veering a little bit from what I was just talking about, but I want to give this example. It's like when I come before the Lord many times, especially the times where I'm like, I'm struggling, okay? Believe it or not, pastors struggle sometimes, every once in a while. Times where just life hits you, right? And I come before the Lord, and I have to remind myself, Lord, thank you for the cross. I thank you that the cross was for me, that your love is for me, that the well, I thank you for what it meant. It was, it's me reminding myself of what I know is true, but my soul needs to hear it. And then I begin to thank him that I'm, I belong to him. Uh, I begin to, to thank him that he said that in Ephesians chapter 2 that I've been seated in heavenly places. Isn't that amazing in Ephesians that the Bible, that, that Paul is saying you have been seated. And he didn't say you are working in heavenly places. He didn't say you are standing or jogging or leaping in heaven. He said you are sitting. You are at a place of rest in heavenly places. For us, we think like, anyways, you know, we're, we're actually um, in September, our Wednesday nights are turning into small groups, corporate small groups that are going to be here in the sanctuary. And we're going to be going through the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians says three things. It says we, we sit, we, um, we walk, and we stand. Okay, And we're going to be going through those things. As I believe that you coming into identity... You coming into purpose and you standing when life hits you. You just stand in the word of God. And so we're going to talk that out. But marriages, find rest in your marriage. Enjoy one another. Have a date night. Find rest there. Fight for that. Singles, whether you're young, you're old, maybe you're like, oh, I've got this. To, I, I've got to find a. I've got to find a spouse. I've got to do this. I've got to get on this website. I've got to join this group. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. And you just need to rest. You used to say, Lord, you have the very best for me. You created me. You know me. You know what, what I would love. You know the person I would love, and I'm trusting you. I'm coming to a place of rest. And let him lead you into what that looks like. Rest. When you're resting, he's working. Right? All right, I got to hurry up. It's already lunchtime. All you just started thinking about lunch. All of you just got hungry. Um, last one, teenagers in the room. I believe the Lord in, in this season where you're trying to, where you're figuring out life, you're figuring out identity, you're figuring out all these different things. The Lord wants to solidify your identity. He wants to solidify your sexuality. He wants to solidify your academics. He does those things. He does those things. Coming into a place of rest where you're like, I'm letting the promises of God manifest in my life and what he says, not what everything else says. 
because there are lots of opinions out there. I, I, there are a lot of destructive thoughts out there. Let me just say this. Things that seem good, but I can tell you this, it will lead you into confusion. The Lord is not confused. And teenagers, the, there are, and I'll say young adults, the Lord wants you to be in a place of rest in your soul where you can lean in to what he says about you. He is not going to withhold from you. He is not going to withhold truth, and he's not going to withhold who you really are. He wants to speak to your soul. He made you. He knows you best. And he's not going to, he doesn't dangle a carrot and say, well, just keep on trying, keep on coming. I'm just, and he, he wants to sit with you, and he wants to talk with you, and he wants to give you identity. Find your identity in him, nowhere else. Amen. I want to end with this. If the worship team, you can come up. Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Close your eyes and, and listen to this just so you can focus. Come to me. This is Jesus singing, saying over you. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Jesus is gentle and humble in his heart. He's not angry. He's not frustrated with you. He is gentle and he is humble in heart. And he says, when you take my yoke upon you and learn from me, you will find rest for your souls. Come on, just in the room right now, just receive rest for your souls. Just receive rest for your souls. I believe even right now the Lord is releasing you. He's delivering you from, from anxiety and fear, self-hatred, worry. Today he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Learn how I do things. Learn how my, what my pace is. Because I'm gentle and I'm humble of heart and you will find rest in your souls. He says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Lord, I thank you for your people today. I thank you, Lord, that those who have been deceived by other words and other doctrines, I thank you, Lord, that right now that you are invading their hearts and their minds with truth that you are for them and not against them. That, Jesus, your death was our death and your resurrection was our resurrection. That, Jesus, you said it is only the enemy that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. You said, I've come, that you have life and life to the fullest. So today, we respond to your words that said, come to me, and we, and we come to you. We come to you as we are, not trying to be more than we are, not trying to, and we certainly don't want to be any less than what you say about us. So we come and we throw off every heavy thing. We, we throw off the yoke that we've been carrying, the thing that has been heavy, the thing that we said, if we don't worry, nobody else will. If we don't worry about it and we don't take responsibility, who will? Lord, those things that have been heavy, those things that have been condemnation, those things that have been a burden, I thank you, Lord, that even right now, that we can just release that to you as we come and that we can take upon your yoke. We can take upon you, Lord. I thank you that you're actually carrying the 
load and you're teaching us how to walk lightly. You're teaching us how to live in simplicity. You're teaching us, Lord, how to believe you. Yeah, today, if you, if you're, you've been heavy, I think for all of us, I'm sure everyone in the room, we need to come into rest. So we're asking, Lord, today that you teach us to rest. Teach us your rest. I thank you that it's from that place of rest that we begin to co-create with you. Uh, why don't you look at me for just a second? Why don't you stand really quick? I want to end with this. You know how I was talking earlier and I said, God created everything in six days and he rested on the seventh, right? In six days, God created everything that would ever need to be created. He planted, there were seeds sown. The idea for the automobile was created in that six days. Humanity, what we did is we just tapped into co-creating with God. We just, God just began to give us the thoughts that he had already had from the very beginning. Everything that you will do in life and that you will create and that you were made for, God thought about it from the foundations of the earth. As you come into a place of rest, you're going to find identity, you're going to find purpose, and you're going to find calling. And you're not going to have to worry about, am I doing what I'm meant to do? Because from a place of rest, you are going to nail the target. You're going to nail the target. You're not going to miss it. I want to declare and prophesy over you. You are not going to miss what the Lord has called you to. You are not. And I just declare over you today that you are a people that the Lord has established in his rest. And the Lord just declares over to you an increase of faith and that you are believing truth today. I thank you, Lord. We come and we say, Lord, wherever we have unbelief, help our unbelief. We fully submit to what you're saying, what you want to do. We come into agreement, Lord, with the finished work of Jesus, the finished work of Jesus today. And Lord, we step into joy and peace for our souls in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yeah, give the Lord a hand. He's good. Thank you for tuning in to our Sermon of the Week. For more information, please visit us at thewellspringchurch.org.